I am so glad that you guys are here tonight. I'm gonna start off with a little story. I remember one time several years ago when I was in the sixth grade, me and my family decided to go on vacation. We were going up to Minnesota to see my cousin graduate. And my family had the brilliant idea to like, let's take this, this small vacation to Minnesota and turn it into a two week long road trip. A two week long road trip, not, not in an RV, not in some fancy SUV, but in a small rental car. We decided we were gonna go from Minnesota all the way to Wyoming and then back. Crazy. And, and, and we were gonna stop at different national parks along the way, different landmarks, and it was gonna be a great trip. But you see, when you spend a long time in a car with your family, hours and hours, nothing really to do, we didn't have phones or iPods back then, you start to get a little annoyed with each other. And I remember about 10 days in, we were just finishing up this, this long stretch of road. We were, we were in the car for a couple hours. We were getting to this national park and we were gonna stop at this landmark. And right before then, we got in this kind of fight. We got in this argument and man, we were really annoyed with one another. I remember we pulled into the parking spot and all four of us got out of the car and went in separate directions. We, we just got out and you know what? We just went. We're like, I don't wanna be with them anymore. I, I need some time alone. So you see, I, I don't tell you this story to talk about how my, my family doesn't love each other or, or how we are always getting on each other's nerves because my family really does love each other. There isn't anything that we wouldn't do to help out each other. But you see, as a family, sometimes you can get annoyed. Sometimes they can get under your skin, they can frustrate you, and sometimes you just need a little alone time. But at the end of the day, you're still a family. You still love each other. Tonight is the last message in our series, How to Church. And in this series, we've been really looking at what it means to be a part of a church. Like, what is the church? And we've seen that the church isn't a building it's not the chapel or the worship center or the student building. The church is a people. It is a group of believers. It's a movement. The church is a community. And tonight we're going to be looking at a passage in the book of Acts. But before we jump into the message, but before we start reading the verses, I wanna give you guys a little bit of context. You see, right before this, Jesus had finished his earthly ministry and had died on the cross and risen again and has made his way back up to heaven. But before he did this, he, he told the disciples to go out and to reach people, to go out to spread the gospel, to, to get followers of Jesus to follow him. And so in this passage, we're going to be seeing really what's the first church. It's gonna be really the first group of believers that have come together and is going to be the early church. And I want you guys to see the significance of these verses. The significance of these verses. The early church, this church, is really what our church that we know nowadays is built around. The verses that we're gonna be reading are the foundation of what we build the church around. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to Acts chapter two, and we're gonna be starting in verse 42. 
starting in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching into fellowship, to the breaking of bread into prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being sick. What we see in these verses is really a description of the early church. It's really showing how the church interacted with one another. And when you look at it, the early church really resembles a family. The early, they cared about each other. They spent time together eating, praying, worshiping Jesus. They spent time together just hanging out. And what I want you guys to notice in verse 44, it says all the believers were together and had everything in common. You see the church, the early church, it had people who had different opinions, different personalities, but they were all focused on what they had in common. And that was their love for Jesus. Jesus was really the center of what they focused on. They weren't paying attention to the differences that they had in their lives, but they were focused on their love for Jesus. But what I also want you guys to notice is that hanging out and eating was not all that the early church was doing. They weren't just a group of believers that were just spending some time together and hanging out, but the early church was also focused on helping others. In verse 45, it talks about how they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. The early church was willing to sell what they had to help those in need. But I think a lot of times when it comes to church nowadays, when it comes to a group of believers, we aren't really focused on how we can be a community. A lot of the times we're really focused on, on how we can come to church on Sundays and Wednesdays and how it can benefit us. We're not focused on helping each other out. We're not focused on growing as a community, as growing as a family. But what would it look like if we were in community like the early church? What would it look like if we spent time together like the early church? If we came together and helped other people? What would this student ministry look like if we came together in community? So tonight, I wanna give us three ways that we can grow into a tighter community. I wanna give us three ways, three practical ways that can help us become more of a family. The first way that will help us grow into community is helping each other in times of need. Is simply helping each other in times of need. When you look at the early church and you look in verse 45, it talks about how they were willing to do whatever it took to help those in need. They were willing to sell their possessions. They were willing to sell their property to just help those in need. The early church would have done whatever it took to help each other. But I think as, as a followers of Jesus, as a church now of days, we, we've kind of gotten away from this. I think we've kind of become, become so consumed with ourselves 
with things that can benefit us, with, with how we can grow our own, that, that we forget about helping others. We, we say, oh, I don't, I don't have enough time in the day. I got sports, I got other things going on. I don't have enough time to help other people out. Or maybe we make excuses like, you know what? I've already got all my community service hours for the year. I've done my duty. I've helped out as many people as I need to. I've done what I need to. I don't need to do anything else. Or or we volunteer at VBS once a year and we're like, all right, you know what? I've done enough. I've helped out as much as I need to. I've met the quota for helping out. But that's not what we're supposed to do as a church. We're supposed to be willing to help each other out with whatever it takes. Now, I'm not telling you to go home and tell your family to say, hey, hey, we need to sell our house. We need to sell everything that we have to help other people. But instead, there's a lot of other ways that we can help others out. Just here at the church, you can volunteer on a Sunday. You can volunteer on a Sunday in the, in the, kids, the kids building. You can help out in a room, help them out if they need it, just once or twice a month. Or the church also has the Hope House. And the Hope House is really focused on helping families in need. They give out food, clothing, and toiletries. Those are just simple ways that you can just help out others in need at our church. But there are other ways that you can help out other people. There are ways in our community just here in Tampa, Florida. We have nonprofit organizations like Metropolitan Ministries, a ministry that's really focused on helping the homeless and families in need. Get food, get clothing, get whatever they need. We can give up a weekend that we have to go help others. I think we as a church need to become more focused on helping others out. To become less consumed with what's going on in our lives. With things that we have going on that are benefiting us and help out those in need. The second thing that we can do is encourage each other. Is simply encourage each other. I think as a culture, we've kind of gotten away from being encouraging and we are a lot more discouraging to others. We, We spend time putting people down, making fun of other people, bullying them. We spend so much time discouraging others rather than encouraging one another. And we've seen this even kind of filter into the church. We've seen when people come to church and they share something that they're struggling with, instead of being an encouragement and talking about how we can pray for them, we we give them kind of these judgmental looks. And we think to ourselves, man, how could they do this? You know, I'm better than them. Wow, I, I can't believe they did that. Or we go around and we talk about them behind their back. We spend so much time discouraging others rather than encouraging. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24, it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, 
not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The Bible is very clear that we need to encourage one another, that we need to spur each other on, that our words need to be filled with love, that our words need to push each other towards Jesus. So I think there are some pretty practical ways that we can implement in this in our life. Some simple ways that we can focus on encouraging each other rather than discouraging. Maybe some of you have a friend who you haven't seen at church in a while. Maybe they've been flaking. They haven't been coming as much as they used to. You can text them and reach out to them and say, hey, we've missed seeing you at church. We'd love to see you come back. Like, hey, we, we would love to see you come next week at invite night. You, you should come. And instead of kind of texting and being like, hey, where you been at? Haven't seen you in a while. Why, why haven't you been coming? We can encourage them rather than discourage them. We can encourage them rather than discourage them. If we focus on doing this in the church and outside of the church, we will grow closer together. We will grow closer together as a community and as a family of believers. We all need to focus on being encouraging rather than discouraging. The last thing I want to look at is how we should deal with conflict. I think there is a misconception in the church about drama and conflict. I think there's a misconception in the church about drama and conflict. I think people look in and they think, you know, the, the, the church shouldn't have any conflict. There, there shouldn't really be any drama in the church, but, but that's just not the case. In the church, there, there is conflict and there is drama and we face it all the time. We have a people of, of different opinions, people with different personalities, and sometimes we, we, we just, we don't mesh together. We can get frustrated with them. We can get angry with them. But how we handle drama needs to be different than how the world handles drama. Because in the world, they focus on handling drama by talking bad about that person. Or, you know, we're not just gonna, we're not gonna talk to them anymore. We're just, we're just not gonna be friends with them anymore. But that's not how we need to handle drama. Because when you look at it, there are really two ways of handling conflict and drama. The first way is you can get frustrated, you can get angry, and instead of forgiving the other person that has wronged you or hurt you, you can lash out against them. You can talk bad about them, you can go around and spread lies and rumors about them like maybe they did to you. Instead of handling conflict by forgiving, we lash out. We try to make them feel bad because you know what? They made us feel bad. They hurt our feelings. They made us upset. So you know what? We, we need to pay them back. But when we do this, when we lash out when someone has wronged us, when we get frustrated and when we let our emotions take over us, we, we, we see a lot of negative side effects. 
When we see, fan, we see friendships broken up, we see relationships end, we, we, we even see people leave the church. When we handle drama by getting frustrated, by getting angry, by getting upset, there are a lot of negative side effects. We need to be different. We can't handle conflict and drama this way. Or there's the second way that we can handle conflict and drama, and that's the way that we all need to strive to do. And this way, instead of lashing out, instead of getting angry, instead of getting frustrated, we can forgive the person who has wronged us. We can forgive the people who have talked bad about us, who have spread rumors about us, who have lied about us, and we can let it go. In Colossians 3.13, it says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. This verse starts off with the word bear, meaning to put up with, to suffer, to endure, or to tolerate. It's saying that we need to put up with something that someone has said against us. We can't get frustrated. We can't get angry. We can't lash out of them, at them. Instead, we need to forgive them. We need to forgive any grievance against us. To forgive as the Lord forgave you. You see, when we forgive and we let go, we can see relationships grow. We can see people who haven't been at church in a while come back. There are a lot of good things that happen when we handle conflict and drama the right way. And you know what? It's okay if your feelings are hurt. Sometimes people are gonna say something that's gonna affect you, that's gonna hurt you, but we can't lash out. We can't get frustrated, we can't get angry. When we handle conflict and drama by forgiving and letting go, we see the church grow as a community. We see the church grow closer together. So what if we handled conflict this way? What if instead of getting angry, instead of getting frustrated, we forgave and we let go? We would be such a tighter community. We would be so much more like the early church, focused on reaching others with the gospel, focused on helping each other in times of need, rather than being angry, rather than seeing division, the church would be a tight community. As we wrap up and the band makes their way back on stage, I wanna ask you guys a question. I wanna ask you guys a simple question it is what kind of family member are you? What kind of family member are you? And I'm not talking about your family at home, but I'm talking about church family. Is what kind of family member are you? Are you a family member that, that's really only focused on themselves? A family member that, that's only coming to church on Sundays and Wednesdays, just, just trying to grow yourself, not focused on helping others? 
A family member that, that's being more discouraging than encouraging. A family member that, that just talks bad about other people. Are you a family member that's handling conflict the wrong way? Instead of forgiving and letting go, you're holding on to that anger, to that frustration, to whatever they did that hurt you. And you're causing division and separation within the church, within your friend groups. Or are you a family member that's focused on helping other people? A family member that's really looking to help those in need. A family member that instead of being discouraging, you're encouraging other believers. You're helping each other grow in your faith rather than hindering that. You're praying for that other person that you know is struggling. And you're handling conflict by forgiving and letting go. You're forgiving whatever it is that somebody said that hurt you and you're letting it go. You're not letting those emotions build up and just make you angrier and angrier. What kind of family member are you? So with every head bowed and every eyes closed, tonight, if you find yourself as a family member that, 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 that is just looking out for themselves, a family member that isn't focused on helping other people, would you raise your hand? I don't want to embarrass you. I, I don't want to make fun of you, but I would love to pray for you. Because you know what? Sometimes I struggle with this too. Sometimes I can find myself being more discouraging than encouraging. I can find myself focused on, on myself and not helping other people. You know, I found myself even handling drama the wrong way. I would love to pray for each and every one of us to be a church family that is focused on helping one another, that's focused on encouraging one another, and that's focused on handling conflict and drama the right way. Dear God, I thank you for each and every student that is here. God, I pray that you will help us be a church family that is focused on helping others. God, that is focused on encouraging rather than discouraging. And God, that is focused on forgiving those who have wronged us. That forgiving those who have said something, done something that have hurt us and then letting it go. God, I pray for any student in here that is struggling with that, that, that is struggling being a family member that's just thinking about themselves. God, I pray that you will help them realize that they need to be a family member focused on helping each other out. In your son, Jesus Christ's name, amen.